0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. We are told that in today's age, we get to be anything we want to be in this world. We are told the present, what we do now and how we act, determines our future. If you want to be President of the United States, get a good law degree, be successful in business, or there are other routes that might be possible for a person with the drive to be successful in that quest. Want to have a comfortable retirement? Find yourself a capable and wise financial planner to listen to your goals and help you. Born a boy and want to be a girl? Find a willing therapist and a doctor? We falsely assume sometimes to a gross degree that what we do in the present causes the future. Truth is far different in our epistle written by James. He urges, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the, earthly, the early and late rains. For the farmer, it is the end when the crops will come. This is what determines the goal. He patiently waits through things out of his control for the harvest that is coming, and what is coming allows him to patiently wait for the end. For us as Christians, it is the new end Christ gives us that should shape our present as we wait. The problem is our thinking that our present will cause the future to be whatever we desire to be. It has no power over death. We cannot cheat death. James' question, is any of you sick, is not a concern about temporary discomfort. It is a concern about illness that leads to death, the result of sin. Death can have some interesting effects on us as we think about it. It can cause one to despise the future. Some take on the attitude of, eat, drink, and be merry, idolizing pleasure. For them, there really is no thought for the future, just the present and what gives one the most pleasure. That very well might mean not having concern for another's discomfort when actions affect the lives of others, like spouses or children, co-workers and neighbors. What I want today is important." You can see it when people crawl through the drive-up windows of fast food places to beat an unsuspecting clerk who did not put barbecue sauce with the nuggets or simply handed them the wrong bag. Or when we put our needs and desires over and above all else, I want it, sorry, well, but I'm really not. Some idolize the present with a seize the day and just do it mentality. This might lead to a bucket list sort of lifestyle, checking off the thrills despite the risks. Think of people who die doing things some of us just might call careless. One news story I saw this week was about a man who scaled the 3,000 plus foot face of El Capitan in Yosemite National Park. Freestyle. Just his hands, his feet, no ropes, no safeties. I can only imagine that if he had fallen and died, a very real possibility. Thank God he did not. The response from family and friends would have been, he died doing what he loved, what he was born to do. That life as he wanted to live it was more important than death. He made the most out of the day. Some surrender to the idea that life has no lasting or eternal value. We see this more and more with the growing acceptance of assisted suicide, where people come to the decision that their life will have no meaning if it is not on their own terms as it relates to suffering, discomfort, or even only age and their declining will to live. So they end it all, but not really. Death can lead us to zealotry about the future. In denial over the certainty of death, many obsess over youth and health. I remember Jack LaLanne from the 1960s. He was the first of the fitness and diet gurus. He didn't practice what he, I mean, he, he, he practiced what he preached, And and today you can still purchase one of his juicers. Late in his life, he stated, if I died, people would say, oh, look, Jack LaLanne died. He didn't practice what he preached, as if doing his exercises every day would keep him alive. He said again, I train like I'm training for the Olympics or for Mr. America contest, the way I've always trained my whole life. You see, life is a battlefield. Life is survival of the fittest. How many healthy people do you know? How many happy people do you know? Think about it. People work at dying, they don't work at living. My workout is my obligation to life. It's my tranquilizer. It's part of the way I tell the truth, and telling the truth is what kept me going all these years. Truth is, we're all dying. Lane died of respiratory failure due to pneumonia at his home on the 23rd of January, 2011. He was 96. According to his family, he had been sick for a week but refused to see a doctor. They added that he had been performing his daily workout routine the day before his death. Zealous for youth and life, not death. But Christ is the way through death into a new end, the resurrection and the hope of eternal life. The truth is we are all sick. We are all failing in strength. Sickness and suffering are not static conditions. They are an unstoppable movement toward death. James says when one is sick, they are to call for the elders of the church. That is because what is needed is strengthening. Not of the body, but of the soul, that it would trust in God above all visible evidence. They need prayer. James speaks of them anointing the sick in the name of the Lord. Jesus was anointed with expensive oil before the Passover while he was in Bethany at the home of Simon the leper. At that time, the disciples were indignant about the wasting of the funds on this needless task. But Jesus told them it was in preparation for his burial. He is the anointed one that has come to join us in our weakness and our unstoppable descent into death, but He does not do it to leave us in the grave without hope. He joins us to bring life out of death. He transforms death into the way of life. Verse 15 in James, it simply states, and the Lord will raise him up. This new hope we have in the new end of Christ that Christ is one for us. When we are sick, we do not need to have our end in the corruption of death. We are healed and restored through faith in Christ and the hope of the resurrection. And this is not a shallow hope that simply hopes all that has been heard in the gospel will come true in the same way we might hope that the prediction for snow and a day off might come to be. It is a solid hope a hope in the fact, a hope that allows a believer to pray, come quickly, Lord Jesus. It is death with no fear. It is a hope that trusts and knows our sick flesh will die, yet our bodies will not see their end within a grave and in decay, but surely be raised. It is a comfort in hope that tells the sick, the sinful, the dying, the end need not be condemnation. You can be forgiven because Jesus died and rose for you. This hope in the resurrection of Christ now shapes our life in the present. We are free, like the farmer, to wait for the harvest. Our flesh will fail, and we will die and be placed into the ground to wait the final harvest when Christ calls all who have been given to him by his Father in heaven." As we wait, we are free to endure sufferings of all kinds of trials with a blessed hope. Certainly illness is an expected part of that suffering, but there is also suffering over those who do not share the same hope we have, the gift of eternal life. We suffer the effects of sin in the world all around us, knowing Christ is with us. How sad for those who suffer alone without being joined to Christ. He joins us in our sufferings and has endured far more than we ourselves will ever need to endure. He was hung on a cross and died, forsaken by God, so you and I will never be, and he pleads for us before God the Father in heaven. We are also free to love one another and to lay down our lives for those we love. We can lay this life aside and not worry about earthly gain that takes our eyes off our families and neighbors, knowing that our future is shaped by the sure hope and promise of a good end through faith in Christ. We are free to give the gifts we receive, that is turning a sinner from his wandering way and onto the path that saves him from death. Through faith in Christ, the power of sin is vanquished. And it does not have its goal fulfilled in a sinner's death. This is because the righteousness of Christ swallows up the power of sin and death to harm us. Christ brings life from death. It is a very different perspective, having the end determining the present. And when we come to see the glorious end Christ has for us, it is a different life today.